This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a roundtable discussion with our Cyclone Radio Network analyst, Eric Heff, and Ryan Harklaw. We'll dive into some of the reasons that Iowa State was able to have success moving the ball against Oklahoma State, and we'll preview the big challenge this Saturday at 14th-rated Oklahoma. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Eric Heff and Ryan Harklaw. Well, guys, I'm going to throw it open to you to get us started here today, and I've got some stuff I want to touch on, but what's on your mind regarding this Iowa State football team coming off that win over Oklahoma State? Well, step in the right direction. You know, the, the win, I think, gives Iowa State some momentum, a little more confidence. And and I think as we continue to see the emergence of Rocco Beck as a leader, an effective guy to put points on the board and throw the football when you're struggling otherwise, I think those are real, real positives. I mean, I think you're also facing the, the most difficult challenge that, that you've faced so far this season, heading down to Norman, but also the biggest opportunity. So looking forward to see how it plays out. Yeah, similar to me, you know, when I when I think of that last game, I saw a lot of uh, young players really take big steps forward, you know, and then really what we saw that I was pleased about is throughout that game on Saturday is that that rushing game started to come alive because of what Rocco was able to do in the passing side of things. And, you know, Eli Sanders stepping forward, I was really excited to see what he what, what he was. And he was a couple of shoelace tackles away from some big runs. And, you know, I think that Nate also called a very good game there on the offensive side as well that sets up uh, this week and, and some excitement for this game coming up. Yeah, I thought we saw some new twists with the offense a little bit there with, the, you know, the the fake reverse to Dimitri Stanley and then the RPO action off of that and some throws down the field. And is it as simple as getting Jalen Knoll and, and Daniel Jackson starting to emerge, uh, combining those guys with Jaden Higgins that Iowa State is able to make more shots down the field successful and then lustily, hopefully, opening up some more seams for that run game? I think that when you look at what they did, it was a lot of what the defense gave them. You know, and I think that was the probably the most impressive part. And I think one of the best examples of that was the fourth and three play that turned into a touchdown on the Jalen Knoll, the pass to Jalen Knoll. And right there as an offensive coordinator, one of the hardest things to do is not call a simple out or a play action pass, uh, you know, something as simple or throw or maybe even a run play. Right? You know, even though we're not having, having success with it, it is so inviting as a coordinator to want to call a run play. Uh, just that's what's you know the, the the rules will tell you to do, but that play action pass and the defense is what it's what we what it gave us, and they took advantage of it. And I think that's the best thing about what we saw on Saturday is the Iowa State offense took what Oklahoma State was willing to give us, and I think that led to a lot of success on Saturday. And I think he did a great job of attacking the weakness of that Oklahoma State defense too. Their safety play has not been good, and it certainly wasn't Saturday. It really opened up a couple of opportunities for big scores, explosive plays that we haven't seen a lot of, but that's just great recognition, game planning, and then, of course, execution by the players. You know, a couple of things, Hart, you, you touched on starting to see glimpses of the run game, and there's a couple of things that have me excited about the run game. Number one, Eli Sanders looks like he is a year older, a year more experienced, uh, hitting the holes that are there. I didn't feel like he did a great job of identifying holes last year. And a lot of times there weren't holes, let's be honest. But, you know, if there's a little seam, he's fast enough that he can he can really break a big run. And then I like the combination of Hufford and Black as guards, as as 
run game guards because those are two physical guards that I think can really help to open up the run game a little bit for Iowa State. They can. You look at what Black did when he came in as a true freshman. Uh, honestly, prior to this game, I didn't even know who he was. And, you know, I, I'd seen him on the roster, but didn't know him personally, didn't know him. And one of his first plays is a play-action pass, and he pancakes this guy on a play-action pass, which is usually a passive play. You're just – it's a play uh, run play to the, to the left, and they roll out to the right with Rocco. And most linemen are just going to kind of, I don't know, patty cake and get their guy to go the wrong direction. Not him. He, he pancaked this guy on a play action pass, which you rarely will ever see. It just it tells you the tenacity he plays with. And and, and that was really good to see because you, you hope that's contagious. You know, you want that to go to the other guys around you. And then, yeah, we talk about Eli, man. He is he's got some upside. His speed is special. And I think that's what you look at in the, in the running back room right now. There is a ton of speed back there. And so just having that year or two of, of experience was big for Eli to hit those hit the holes when they're available and and he wasn't dancing around or waiting or trying to get too far outside if he saw a gap he was taking it and i think that really led to a lot of success in the run game for us yeah he's got to be a one-cut guy you know and, and man if he popped through the hole, he got caught by a shoestring tackle or it was you know a long touchdown run and i'm just waiting to see that that actually happen at some point but you know back to brendan black i think one of the things you know you mentioned that you know his aggressive nature and you hope that that is uh, something that can be a catalyst for the rest of those guys that's something that matt said to john and i last week that you know when he told us he was going to play you know that he has that kind of attitude that you know alpha dog and 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 if you look at what Coach Clanton wants in that offensive line, talks about violence, that's kind of what we see with him. And I think we'll see how long he can sustain a true freshman. It's, it's a big ask. But at the same time, uh, he's shown that he was ready to go. And I think that really bodes well, too. And it's not always the senior. Typically it is, but it's not always the senior that, that can set the tone. But it's maybe some new uh, aggressive blood in there that can really get every, everybody else up to the next level. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Guys, I think about Iowa State as a developmental program, and the irony of this week is that you're facing Oklahoma, okay, which has a million transfers that have come into their program from other programs this year and, and good players that have really improved their depth and made them a much better football team. So I'm not knocking the move, but it just strikes me as uh, ironic because shouldn't Oklahoma have all the good players to begin with, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of how it works in college football. And and yet Iowa State continues to bring these guys along and rather than going to the portal, just say, no, we see this guy coming, we see this guy coming. And I think a good example of that is Daniel Jackson. And man, what a big difference he's made for this offense with his emergence. He certainly has come into his own the last couple of games, but you talk about Oklahoma, and they've always had that talent. I think, you know, talking to some people in Oklahoma, I think one of the big differences is the culture guys. They think they brought in some culture guys that might have been lacking. You know, they've had talent. They had talent last year, and they were 6-7, and seven, okay? But I, I think you get the right kind of guys, the guys that have that Brett Venables kind of tenacity, it certainly changed the look of their defense. I know they had some offensive line and receivers. I mean, they've had a bunch of guys, but I think we talk about culture and I think that's been a big thing for Oklahoma in the way they've changed. And, you know, for Iowa State, that culture, that culture continues to build right now. You talk about developmental program. Well, let me tell you, 
there are a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are being developed at Iowa State right now that are going to be really good football players. And I think that's the most exciting thing. Yes, I'm this year. Who knows what the limit is going to be, the ceiling for this team is. But, man, I, I think that the table is being set, you know, for, for a lot of future success. It really is. It's a, you know, when you play young players like this, it's super exciting and you have some highs, but you also get a little bit of bumpy road with it, too. And we saw some of that high end bumpy road on, on Saturday alone. You know, there were, but the good news is those kids played for all 60 minutes and they played hard. And, you know, you look at Oklahoma and you come into this week. Here's the biggest thing I've seen change at Oklahoma with with these transfers is offensively, they're ranked fourth in points scored, which we've seen that. I don't know when we haven't seen that. You know, they're averaging 46.8 points per game. Here's what the difference is. They're third for points against with 8.5. They actually care about defense this year. And Coach Venables, the defense coordinator from Clemson and all the, the great runs they made at Clemson, they've made defense important. And I think when you look at the film, that is the biggest difference is they actually do care if they stop somebody. You know, in the past, they always thought they wanted to try to play defense, but they just never gave you that effort. It's different now. You know, this is a defensive team. They got a defensive front that's just – that's where a lot of the transfers came in from. That defensive line, the linebacker crew, is uh, they're a pretty solid group up front. And I think, too, they're really doing a good job defensively of forcing turnovers. They forced 10 turnovers. They have eight interceptions. And, man, what a critical thing for Iowa State this week to not – get caught up in turning the ball over because I think if you're going to have a chance to win this game, you have to play a pretty clean game if you're Iowa State. Uh, I I can't see them going in there and turning it over two or three times and having a chance. But if they can play a clean game, force Oklahoma to beat them, I I think it can put a little pressure onto the OU Mm -hmm. side of the field if you can get into the fourth quarter in a one-possession game. You know, and Hark, you mentioned that front front seven that they have, you know, some transfers, some guys that were there like Danny Stutzman, you know, who, who was a terrific linebacker. But the back end's pretty good, too. And what really helps those, I mean, how many of those eight interceptions or ten or however many they have is caused because they get pressure on the quarterback. And I think it, it's going to be a real challenge for Rocco to remain calm, maybe take a sack sometime rather than put the ball up, depending on the situation. But Rocco's been really good. He's only been sacked once. I think that's going to be one of the real key matchups. You know, which team can affect the other team's quarterback the most and force him into bad decisions? Obviously, you got a guy in Dylan Gabriel who is super experienced with, with lots of success on his resume. And Rocco is just scratching the surface right now. But if Rocco can stand in there and match it. This is a great test for him and I think a great growth opportunity. It is. And and Dylan Gabriel's been great so far. Like Coach Campbell has said, he's like the coordinator on the field. It's his sixth year in college football. And I mean, good Lord, he's a freshman when I was a senior, I think. He's been there forever. He's been around college football <laughs> forever. So he's going to do his thing. He's got 12 touchdowns and one interception. He's not going to make the big mistake unless you, you put pressure on him or make him do something uh, that he doesn't want to do. And, and the one thing where we do have a chance is they're currently 117th in rushing yards per game. They've struggled to run the ball this year. And so if there's a thing we can do, if there's an advantage we do have, is make them one-dimensional. And I do like the chances with our cornerbacks back there, you know, to maybe make them make that mistake or press a little bit when they're not getting the rushing game going like they usually have in the past and they want to. And if we can do something to put that pressure on them and maybe get him to throw something because they just feel the pressure of it, we do have a chance. TJ Tampa does give us a chance. Miles Purchase does give us a chance. And so that is the exciting part about this defense. We go into every Saturday 
with a chance to win because of what we got going on over there. Talk about affecting quarterbacks. You know, Tyler on already has seven quarterback hurries, you know, which is a lot from his position. I mean, he, he has done a terrific job here in the early part of the season. You know, the thing about stopping the run game, you know, we may stop that tailback run game. I think the dimension of Dylan Gabriel and his ability to run the football and the willingness for Oklahoma, what they have shown to have him run the football. That's the thing where Iowa State's been a little bit vulnerable the last couple of weeks. I mean, Bowman had a couple of good runs against one for a touchdown, you know, a guy that we weren't expecting to run at all. I think accounting for him in the run game, those third down plays, I mean, he's a third down conversion guy for sure. And a lot of that has to do with his ability to pick it up on the ground. When it comes to quality, comfort, and exceptional style, insist on the authentic brand label. Embrace authenticity in your wardrobe with authentic brand, collegiate, and corporate branded attire, the favored choice nationwide. You know, hopefully Gary Vaughn able to go this week. Run fits are going to be critical for Iowa State. And I do like Tawi Walker, their, their walk-on. He's a good running back. They did run the ball against Iowa State a year ago. They were struggling to rush it last year, too. And they came in to Ames, and they ran the ball well. And it helped them win that football game. But I, I definitely agree with you, Hark. And I think that's what you have to try to do. And, you know, to Eric's point, seven quarterback hurries for Tyler Onyedem. And as a team... Iowa State has 40 quarterback hurries. So even though they've only sacked the quarterback eight times, they are getting pressure. They are forcing some throwaways. And now the big step, I think, guys, is can you limit the home run plays? And that's something that they've kind of struggled with this this year a little bit. I have complete confidence in Coach Haycock to get that figured out. But Iowa State has given up some some home run type of plays, and it's hurt them in some games. One of the big things in this game, you know, we're so used to seeing in past years the tempo that Oklahoma State plays with. Well, they don't play with that so much. This is going to be the first real tempo game. And when you have so many young players, Oklahoma's averaging about 75 plays a game. And, you know, when I watch the game on my DVR and I'm – you know, I fast forward 30 seconds between plays. I can always, against almost every opponent Iowa State's had so far, you know, I don't have to go back 10 seconds. You know, <laughs> against Oklahoma, if I go for 30 seconds, you know, I've missed two plays. You know, I mean, it's just incredible the pace they play with and the ability of these young players to get lined up properly and be ready to go. You can't sub. I mean, there's a lot of things out there, you know, that I think are going to be a real challenge for Iowa State defensively in that game. Yes, for us, it's run fits. You know, I think when you've seen what's happened so far in the big plays at Iowa, we saw it. We saw it a couple times against Ohio with losing contain to the quarterback, and we saw it again against Oklahoma <laughs> State. It actually wasn't big pass plays. We, you know, there's some quarterbacks that missed other than the one where they got the running back lined up on Caleb Bacon, you know, and they did a nice job getting a one-on-one matchup with the running back and a, and a linebacker for a touchdown. But outside of that play, a lot of the ones have been run fit. And uh, that one series was like 78 yards on two rushes. And, and when you look at the film, what happened, it's just the guys are in the wrong gap. And I know for a fact that that Coach Haycock will have that cleaned up and is continuing to work on that to clean that up because, man, if you get that cleaned up, that defense is going to be really stout. Well, and Eric mentioned the pace and, and, you know, something that Coach Haycock brought up at his press conference this week is that with the new additions to the league, you're seeing more and more teams going back to kind of that pace type of style. BYU tries to run a lot of plays. UCF tries to run a lot of plays. Houston, he thinks it might be trending back in that direction. And, you know, he made the point, which is a great point, that this defense was invented by him to stop the 
ridiculously fast-paced offenses right. in the Big 12 Conference, and a lot of others have mimicked it now. But I guess wh- why does it work in that regard when you're not able to sub? Is it is it better to have five safeties on the field, or why do, why does that work, or has it worked in the past at least against these type of offenses? So, in my opinion, what why is because you have the right personnel for any situation on the field. When you go with five safeties, if you get stuck with the wrong personnel on the field and they're sitting with four wides and you may have came in with a, a stronger, you know, a formation as a defense, so maybe three linebackers and four defensive linemen, and they're sitting out there in jet and you can't sub, you got problems because you're asking linebackers to cover, you know, running backs in the, or, or wide receivers in the slot. When you're sitting there with five defensive backs at all times on the field with run responsibility, if they go heavy package, our run responsibilities don't change. If they go jet package where there's a bunch of wide receivers on the field, nothing changes. We have the guys on the field to cover it. And so you can't get caught with the wrong personnel on the field. And that's what happens. And that's what they're trying to catch you in. In the past, if they caught you with the wrong defense on the field, with their personnel, where they like the matchup, they'll just run plays at you until you call timeout or they score a touchdown. And I think what this formation allows you to do, it allows you to really adapt to anything that's on the field. One of the other things too, people see that 3-3, they think we're gonna be able to run the football. What they don't know, uh, I think one of the big things that Coach Haycock and the staff have recruited to, safeties that can be great against the run. Guys like Bo Freeler, guys that we've had that can really play that position and do their job in the run fits. Good, good tackling by the secondary in the run game, I think is an underrated part of what Iowa State's defense has been. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. That's good stuff, guys. And, uh, yeah, I think there's so many challenges in this game. Certainly, we touched on Oklahoma offensively and their pace and and defensively their ability to force turnovers. What's going to be Iowa State's best chance offensively in this football game? What do you think they have to do to really – sustain some drives and have some success in this football game get ahead of the chains number one and maybe do some things that they haven't seen before running the football is not going to be easy we're going to have to do it but maybe if iowa state can find a way to hit a couple of explosive plays in this game you can get oklahoma i don't care who they are get any team back on their heels a little bit and give iowa state the confidence but a good start to this game maybe get an early lead i think that's going to be iowa state's best chance I agree, Eric. First, you know, when you look at the end of this game, you always go to the stat sheet. Like, what do you look at? And I think every game's different. For me, this one is two things. First downs, you know, who has them? Because it's going to show what, what time of possession is really going to be and who has the ball most of the game. If we can keep Oklahoma offense off the field, that makes a big difference. And number two is just what Eric said, big plays. When we get a chance to make that play downfield, fourth and three, a long Jalen old pass, like take that shot down the field, get that defense out of the box. And so if we can hit one or two big plays, you give yourself a chance. And, and I think we're going to have to on Saturday to make this thing happen. But you got to have the first downs. you got to ball control against this team to keep it out of their hand. And, the, and then back to that big play. You hit a couple of big plays, you're right in this game. Awesome. Well, looking forward to it on Saturday for sure, guys. And let's go get one last one. We've had walk-offs against Bill Snyder and Hayden Fry and – We've had a walk-off in Lincoln, Nebraska. Let's go get a walk-off in Norman, Oklahoma. (laughs) I'm for it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Go Cyclones. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder 
when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.